If you want to get a group of watch guys worked up, there are two easy words you can whisper to get the sparks flying. Apple Watch. Case in point, just go look at the comments on my Instagram post announcing that our review of the new Apple Watch Series 4 had gone live. It's a mess. People have very strong opinions about the design, the functionality, and whether or not it's even a watch at all. Luckily for me, and extension you the listener, I work with some folks who are equally opinionated and really know their stuff. For this episode, I sat down with our founder, Ben Clymer, and our editor-in-chief, Jack Forster, both of whom have been wearing and reviewing the Apple Watch since its earliest days. We get into what the watch industry's response has been, how we each wear the Apple Watch, and what we think it tells us about the future of watches at large. We've also got an interview with John Gruber of Apple Blog Daring Fireball, who, in my not-so-humble opinion, had some of the hottest and most interesting takes on the Series 4 of anyone who reviewed it. Regardless of where you stand on the Apple Watch, there is no question that it's the most important watch introduced in the last decade. This is one hell of an interesting episode, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. I'm your host, Stephen Pulverant, and this is Hodinkee Radio. This week's episode is brought to you by Hook and Albert. Stay tuned later in the show to learn more about this global travel brand and their range of bags, leather goods, and accessories. You can also learn more at hookandalbert.com. So we're here on the day that the embargo broke on the Apple Watch Series 4, and we ran uh, my review, my week on the wrist on the site. I have our founder, Ben Clymer. Hello, everybody. And our editor-in-chief, Jack Forrester, here. Hi, everyone. So both of you guys know the Apple Watch pretty well. You've both been kind of covering this this space for a while, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair to say. I was actually uh, thinking about that earlier today, and I've, I've had a chance to see every single iteration of the Apple Watch from the very first one all the way up to Series 4, and I think Ben has too. I, I have, yeah. We were, Hodinkee was uh, the only watch publication invited to, to the launch of the, of the very first Apple Watch in 2000, what was that, 14? Uh, yeah, 14. 2014. September 2014. Um, so, so that story ended up becoming what is still our most popular story ever. Uh, not which, super surprising. Not super surprising, yeah. but also a little surprising. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, and that was a story that was, it was basically something along the lines of what does a, like a real watch guy think of the Apple Watch? Uh, and I took live photos and kind of compared it to, to some similarly priced Swiss watches, and that that was a big one for us, for sure. And I think your your first take, Ben, if I remember correctly, was you were a bit bit a bit skeptical as a as a dyed in the wool watch guy would be. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's not a watch, right? And I think that remains well, true. You know, I mean, it does tell the time. Point. Yeah. So yeah. we 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 got a lot. We'll a lot talk of about stuff that over here. For sure. um, so I mean, it, it's it's you know, it's a digital peripheral that that happens to sit where your watch normally does. It does tell the time, so it is a watch. Um, but it's much more than that. And I said that early on, and I think that remains true. But the one thing that I was really impressed by, and as I said in that story, was that the, the build quality of the accessories, uh, the accoutrement, uh, the bracelets, everything that went with it uh, was just so far superior to everything that I had seen in the sub $5,000 range. You know, when you looked at the bracelets of of which, one of which I'm wearing right now, uh, you know, the Milanese bracelet with the magnetic closure, such an elegant solution to that. Obviously you can't have magnets in your mechanical watch for the obvious reasons, Uh, but you know, they they really nailed the little things, uh, even in that first gen. Yeah, one of the things I remember most vividly, and I can't remember it was, I think it was the very first Apple Watch, the, 
adjustable link uh, bracelet. Oh, yeah. Uh, the oh, mechanism, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I remember playing with that and thinking to myself, why the hell didn't anyone in Switzerland think right. of this? And then Cartier came out with it very recently. Yeah. Yeah, on the new yeah. the new Santos. The new Santos. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I, uh, there, you said uh, just now, Ben, um, that uh, it's, it's not a watch, it's a peripheral that happens to sit on your wrist. But there's an argument, isn't there, that a mechanical watch, at least as... You know, you and I and a lot of watch lovers tend to consume it. That's not really a watch per se either anymore, is it? It's a symbolic object that represents a certain level of connoisseurship. It's a way of presenting yourself in the world. Um, it provides a certain level of social engagement with like-minded people. But it's not its not a watch in the way that a watch was a watch in the 1950s or 1960s anymore. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think. So are we saying not only is the Apple Watch not a watch, but watches, watches are watches, watches are anymore? Is that, no is that where we've gone with this? We're, we're <laughs> what, like four minutes into this recording, <laughs> and Jack has already gone to the Apple Watch proves that watches are not watches anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right, though. I mean, I, who am I to argue with Jack Forrester? I, about I mean, I'm really, not going to argue yeah. with him, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so, watches. To what extent, though, is the Apple Watch and its kind of, like, value proposition different from that of, of a more traditional, like, quote-unquote luxury mechanical watch? I mean, there are obvious, uh, obvious differences. Of course, the functionality is very different. The kind of functionality you get out of it is very different. How it functions as a social signifier is very, very different. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something that you wear on your wrist that tells the time, as Ben said, but it also does much more. And there's, there's really uh, no way in which uh, any mechanical watch, despite attempts to kind of cobble together, um, you know, notifications technology with, you know, mechanical or quartz technology, uh, there really isn't any way to duplicate it with a mechanical watch. And I'm very, very comfortable with the idea of having very, very different kinds of things that sit on the wrist, but that we still call a watch because, you know, um, uh, a Patek Philippe, uh, you know, grand complication is not a watch in the same way that a G-Shock is a watch or a Timex is a watch. I mean, these things have almost nothing to do with each other except for some incidental similarities in technology. Um, but I'm perfectly happy to think of the Apple Watch as a watch that just does a bunch of very different shit. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like the way that I view the Apple Watch versus my mechanical watches is, is, you know, the, the Apple Watch is functional. It is cool looking. I think it has, has become cool looking. I, I didn't I didn't love some of the, the early iterations, but I think, you know, with the, the flattened case profile and the rounded edges and this you know gold bracelet that I'm wearing currently, I think it's actually a nice, interesting looking thing. Um, you know, this is this is function, you know, and as we're sitting there in our, you know, Jack and I went to go see uh, some folks at Apple today to pick up our, our sample units. And we're sitting there and this woman who is head of health, I guess, for, for Apple is basically telling us about the EKG, or I guess the electrocardiograms. Yeah, the ECG. E- ECG, ECG or ECGs. ECGs um, that, that this watch... Both are correct. Yeah. That this watch can uh, can can do for you, you know, at whenever you want. Uh, and I'm just thinking, wow, you know, my, my parents, my father just turned 70, my mother's 68. And it's just like, I want my parents to be wearing this, you know, so that if there is an irregular heartbeat of some variety, uh, that they're notified. And so, yeah. I, and that has always been the, the crux of what the Apple Watch can be and, and will be. It's, it's all about health healthcare. And so for me... My father owns a beautiful red 1680. My mom owns a, a Chopard and a Datejust and all that. But ultimately, as they advance in age, I want them to be wearing an Apple Watch. And I think that is, is the, the, the power of, of what Apple has created. Yeah, it's funny. The Apple Watch was uh, something whose purpose and identi- identity was not entirely clear in the first iteration. And I don't think that's terribly surprising. Um, you know, it was kind of kind of similar to the reception that the iPhone got when it first came out. I can remember uh, a conversation that I had with someone in the Swiss watch industry uh, when the first iPhone came out. And this gentleman said to me, I asked him what he thought about it, and I, I, I won't name his name or what company he worked for, but he said, uh, oh, yeah, you know, uh, the BlackBerry is always going to be a serious business person's tool. Uh, the iPhone is a toy for my wife. 
um, which is a horrendous sentiment to express on a lot of different levels, but it certainly shows lack of foresight about the potential for the device. We are talking about a Swiss, an elder Swiss man. (laughs) Indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, you know, and the, uh, the iPhone, uh, certainly it, it found its identity as the hub of all of our digital lives, yeah. um, and a, uh, a presence that for better or worse keeps us connected in, in all sorts of ways. And I think the, uh, I think the Apple watch is finding slowly an identity that's kind of unique to its identity as a, as a, a piece of wearable technology and the, the intimate connection it can make with, uh, uh, with health, especially, um, you know, as Ben has said, I think it's, I think it's going to be a very, very powerful part of the, uh, value proposition of the Apple Watch moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you, you just said finding its identity, right? And it, it took the iPhone a little while, and it took it a little while to reach a level where it kind of met our expectations in, in certain ways. Uh, you know, we've talked before, I know, off, off mic about, like, the days before cut and paste, you know? And, like, the days before you had apps, like an app store. Um, one of the things I, I think the Series 4 really brings to the table here is it's the first Apple Watch that to me feels like it's really firmed up that identity. Like the Series 3 felt like, oh, now we have cellular, but it's basically a Series 2 with a couple other little upgrades and cell service. Yeah. Uh, this is the first Apple Watch to me that feels like it really, from the ground up, like deeply integrated, embodies what the Apple Watch is and probably going forward will be. I thought one of the interesting things about uh, Series 3, though, was uh, there was something that happened with the user interface, um, you know, where Apple was able to sort of identify the things that, and I think this is something that you just have to find out from, from putting a product out in the world. They were, they were able to sort of put up at the surface of the user interface the things that they could tell people were most interested in. So suddenly it becomes a really, really useful fitness tool. And I think that was a real paradigm shift for uh, the Apple Watch and something very important in, it, in its finding, uh, you know, wider acceptance. I mean, I often wear an Apple Watch on my right wrist as a, a fitness monitor, essentially, as a fitness tracker, and a mechanical watch on my left. And now with the addition of, um, you know, things like real-time EKG slash ECG, which is not – it's not present right now, but the sensors are all there and it's rolling out in terms of functionality on a software basis. What is it? Uh, uh, oh, later this fall. fall. Later yeah. this fall, yeah. I mean, that's fairly incredible. It is. It, it really is. And I think what's interesting to note is that in the beginning, you know, they, Apple made such a strong push to have these on the, the wrists of Anna Wintour and Carl, Carl Lagerfeld and Beyonce and all these kind of like really poppy culture folks. Uh, and that seems to have subsided a little bit. I mean, it's still very much there, yeah, but it's, it's organic, there, but... you know, uh, it, it's not it doesn't feel like, you know, everybody has to have the, the new Apple Watch the day it comes out like it did that, that first time around. And obviously, we went from having solid gold Apple Watches, which, right. which was insanity, uh, but awesome, obviously. Uh, yeah. Uh, to, to there was a guy in China who bought two of them for his dog. Remember that? Yeah, that's I remember that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you have the solid gold Apple Watch, and then you have the ceramic Apple Watch, which I had, which was $1,400, right. uh, which is insane for something that is, in fact, basically extinct. Uh, which, was, later, which, yeah. which was a beautiful object. Oh, stunning, Still a beautiful stunning. Object. And now the, there really isn't an addition. I mean, there's the Hermes right. product, which is different, but there's no addition anymore. Uh, right. And it's funny to see the, the focus really really shifted in a concerted way from fashion to 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 health healthcare yeah and yeah. this year we got the the gold watch which both of you are wearing and which yeah. which i reviewed and that kind of takes the place of this this sort of like premium material you know uh addition but it's not actually a precious material and it's, it's and it's the same price importantly as the stainless steel models this is the yeah. first time the Stainless steel, the space black, and the new gold finish are all the same price. You just get to pick your look, but it's not like a 
premium product. I mean, I, th- I find the whole gold thing kind of fascinating. You know, I mean, uh, except for a couple of things like, well, like, you know, like the first, the the gold uh, Apple Watch edition. You know, gold is is really used by Apple as a uh, as a colorway rather than as a uh, precious material. Right. I mean, uh, we we asked about this um, earlier. Uh, I don't know exactly what their PVD process is. I suspect it might be titanium nitride, which is a very very long wearing, hard wearing ceramic. Uh, and if that's what they're using. Um, you know, then it really is a it's a design choice rather than an, an evocation of a precious metal per se. Yeah. Continuing on from the idea of this being a watch or not a watch, uh, we got some comments on social media asking why we're covering this and, and in the comments on our own site, to be fair. Yeah. Um, some people saying this is a computer. You guys aren't a tech blog. What are you doing? Um I have my own opinions, but do you guys want to share, like, why Why do you think this is something, A, we should be covering, and B, why we can maybe add something to the conversation? Yeah, I really want to know what Ben thinks about this before I say, say anything, because he's spearheaded uh, covering yeah, fear, Apple Fearless Watch. leader. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, so, I mean, f- for me, you know, I, I look at I look at watches holistically and what they mean to, to people at scale, not just, you know, the knuckleheads that read our site, the guys that are obsessive over it, but people that you meet on the street. And so seldom do you have the opportunity to kind of hit outside the normal playing field, uh, in which we're, we're normally playing. And that is to the watch enthusiasts, the guys that want the luxury products. Apple has been wonderful for watches. It's been wonderful for us. It's been wonderful for, for watch brands, even if they don't recognize it. It got people talking about watches and the, the wrist is real estate in a way that nothing else could. I mean, Apple's the largest company in the history of the world. They are doing stuff in a way that, that even Rolex can't, can't compete with. So, Ben, let me, uh, let me pose a question to you. Um, you say it's been, it's been good, for, good for watches, I think, is uh, mm-hmm. um, if I could paraphrase. I would posit that, yeah. Um, I think the Apple Watch has been definitely good for watch culture in that it's gotten a whole generation of folks. Uh, ding. I don't know how to turn that off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Just gonna Guest dive, appearance gotta by dive the Apple into Watch the Series 4. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely gotten a, a, a generation of folks interested in having something on their wrist that were not interested in having something on their wrist yeah. you know, before. However... Uh, it has not necessarily been good for a certain segment of uh, watch manufacturers yeah. and watch retailers. You know, so if you're trying to come up with a plausible offering uh, in the three to one thousand dollar range, you know, you're competing with the Apple Watch, and uh, it, it has not not actually been a great thing for some companies. That, so uh, I, I would challenge you on that, even. So you know, Joe, you know? I would. <laughs> <laughs> so Joe Thompson, because he's Joe and he's brilliant, he he had wrote this wonderful story about how. The share price of Fossil, which is a multi-billion-dollar American-centered company, yep. uh, is now roughly a tenth of what it was the day um, the value of it was roughly a tenth of what it was the day that the Apple Watch came out. And I, I've, I've requoted that several times to people in meetings, and I said that recently to the the basically the president of Movado, uh, who also sells watches in the you know sub five hundred dollar range, and he said, "Take a look mm-hmm. at our share price yeah. over the yeah. past four years, and it's gone up significantly." And then you take a look at Daniel Wellington at, at MVMT, who Movado just purchased for a hundred million dollars. Yeah, right, right. That's a real that's a real acquisition. Correct. You know, so I think I think for sure it has impacted some folks in, in negative way in that range. But, but I think but also, correlation is not causation, and we can't assume that that's correct. the only reason that a- absolutely. Are and I, I think you know fossil. That's a whole other conversation. But right. I think that there are there have been creative people that have been able to to ride the wave of young people getting interested in in the wrist as real estate and sell analog looking watches. Daniel Wellington basically. Yeah. Uh, and turn them into wonderful businesses. So I, yeah. I think the, the, this isn't like a death knell for anything below $500 uh, if, if you're doing it well. 
Yeah, you know, I've always felt it's it's uh, the the argument that the or the fear the fear and the argument that the Apple Watch is going to uh, in, in in some in some and that smartwatches in general are in somehow going to you know be the death knell for uh, conventional watches. Like I I don't know. I've never really felt that that's true. It's you know it's kind of like saying that. Uh, uh, combat boots are going to uh, prevent anyone from ever buying uh, really nice uh, uh, pumps uh, because they both go on your feet. You know, I mean, different things serve different purposes. That is very true. That's very true. And I, I think also, like, when you look at the landscape of, of, of watches, there are hundreds of Swiss watch brands of which less than 10% actually make anything themselves. And I, I've long said that, like, if the Apple Watch kills a few brands, I'm kind of okay with that because there's a lot of bullshit out there that, like, we just don't need. Uh, and so to, to thin the herd yeah. a little bit is, is kind of okay by yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, that could have positive ramifications kind of all the way all the way down the line. Right. I mean, things will, things will be high. The, the products at scale will be high quality again. If you get right. rid of the people that are repackaging Chinese movements and, and Eta movements, et cetera, as their own, then you've got interesting watches. You know what I mean? Then you've sure. got people doing things the right way, the way that, that we want to, to, to see things done. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's any, you know, just as an aside, I don't think there's anything wrong per se with, uh, you know, necessarily using... Uh, you know, Chinese-made movements or ETA movements, and I think that they enable a lot of people to get involved in mechanical horology who otherwise would not be able to afford it. I no mean, doubt. You know, when I was in graduate school and didn't have a pot to piss in, a Seiko 5 was a big deal for me. Really? I thought and you was, were raised very wealthy. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, cut off pretty early on because of, you know, I was disowned for bad behavior. I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Deserved it. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, to move with uh, to move on with the anecdote um, with discreet haste, uh, I found it uh, I found it pretty fantastic that those watches out there existed. Now you know the great thing about um, Seiko, of course, is that you get over delivery on quality even at the very bottom. Yeah. And I think that we do see a plethora of uh, you know it's very easy nowadays to launch a brand uh, with rel- with a pretty inexpensive sourcing of components uh, and uh, you know get something out there and at least make you know get people to see it. Um, and I and a lot of that stuff is not particularly distinguished from a design standpoint or a quality standpoint. And if those kinds of things happen a little bit less because intelligent smartwatch design is happening a little bit more, I agree with you. That's not a terrible thing at all for the consumer. You know, a little bit of evolutionary pressure to keep people on their toes, which is what I think smartwatches in uh, in general and the Apple Watch in particular because it's so well done. You know, uh, that's that's not that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. When things get too easy, people get lazy, and laziness is not good for watchmaking. That's very true. Boom. Man, quote that's that. a pull quote right yeah. there. I wish we could do pull. Can you do audio? I guess an audio, audio pull, pull quote? quote? Yeah, yeah maybe. Why not? Um, you know, what What happens when that pressure gets dialed up, though? I mean, we've, we've talked a lot in the past about, like, when the Apple Watch is going to get that, like, you know, I hate the phrase, but, like, a killer app. Like, when, when does the watch become indispensable? When does it become something that you basically have to have or you're kind of missing out and it's yeah. it's getting closer to that I mean when it can potentially save your life is it's that's getting there up there yeah. you know i mean the Absolutely. the uh, there the, we had a uh, you know one of the most fascinating things to me about uh, the the series 4 which we now have in hand and on our wrists is the uh, the ability to detect uh, someone uh, falling yeah. And the ability to detect that this is actually a fall and not you clapping your hands or banging your fist on the table for emphasis. Um, Which you do all the time. <laughs> but there's a very that would com- be a serious, serious problem for Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. No, but there's a very complex series of parameters that have to be. There's a, there are multidimensional parameters that have to be sampled by the watch, including the accelerometer sure. and a G-force sensor in order for it to tell that you're falling and, uh, you know, not, um, you know not, not banging on the table, not clamping your hands. And, uh, you know, the ability of the watch to, um, you know, kind of integrate with... Healthcare systems, um, you know the the fact that the that ECG, EKG, 
um, you know, is uh, is baked into the sensor technology now. I mean, you know, keeping me from dying is is a is a a killer app in, in the most genuine sense of the word. That, that's a super dope app right there. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not dying. dying. Is a good app. It's yeah. a good app. That's fair. I, I think you know, as I said in in my review of uh, the watch last year, and also in in the magazine piece, like that's it. Jack nailed it. You know, once health, like once insurance companies pay for all Apple watches, one hundred percent of it, like. Game over, you know. Like yeah. Aetna, for example, currently provides all of their um, subscribers fifty percent off on Apple Watch. Right, fifty percent is subsidized currently. People don't take advantage of it. The communication isn't really there. I don't think right. that, like the model is really figured out in, in a way where enough people are, are, are aware of it to, to make have it make sense. But once the other insurance providers in this country and and abroad start saying, okay, you can have an Apple Watch for free and it could save your life, game over. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so game over at large right and yeah. like i don't think anybody would dispute that i mean i think we're already at the point right where it's like kind of game over for most people but when does it become game over for nerds like the three sitting around this table like when when do you actually oh God, either are, are we nerds day to day maybe <laughs> two of us are yeah two of us you decide which two all right <laughs> uh I'm gonna recuse myself from that when when do we get to a point where like you only put on your paddock chronograph to go to a really nice dinner or you only put on your speedmaster when you want like a special moment in and day to day you're just wearing an apple watch all day like when do we get there i, I think i think not too far off but i think also like you know i i have a, a vintage car that i love to drive i could never drive it every day I love it, and like you know, I, I enjoy driving that far more than my my Audi that has airbags and satellite radio and all that. But like the the vintage car is for a special occasion. That doesn't mean I'm going to spend any less money on it or or love it any less. It just means that it's, it has a purpose. And I think the Apple Watch for, it's a for death ma- trap. That it they're... is a death trap for sure, <laughs> like big time. Um, but uh, I think the Apple Watch will could become that for for our generation, where it's like I'm going to wear my Apple Watch every day. That's my Audi with airbags and etc. Yep. Uh, and then when I go to a, my friend's black tie wedding or you know Jack's funeral or something like that. Oh, I'll put on, I'll put on a, it's Patek oh, Just oh. You'll never die. You're, oh. you're immortal. You're immortal. At least you know Ben's yeah. A going to go to your funeral and B he'll wear a Patek Philippe. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's what's, that's what's going to make my uh, final moments uh, peaceful. <laughs> well, at least Ben's coming to my funeral. Um, yeah. I mean, Jack, for you, where does, where does that line come? Uh, where does At what? Ben's funeral? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, the you know there are there are a couple of options. We have this very very compelling, uh, increasingly compelling uh, you know, a value proposition from uh, Apple uh, with the with the Apple Watch. It's just getting more and more interesting with every iteration. And there are two possibilities. One is that you uh, just wear you wear the Apple Watch on the wrist that you would customarily wear your mechanical watch on, and you wear a mechanical watch for special occasions. Uh, and you hope that you don't have a, a, a potentially fatal arrhythmia on those special occasions. Uh, the other possibility is that you do what I do uh, a lot of the time, which is wear the Apple Watch on your right wrist as a fitness tracker and as a health aid, and you wear a nice mechanical watch on your left wrist every day, maybe stacked with a sexy leather man bracelet in order to uh, balance things out a little bit. Which you are currently wearing. Indeed. I want Indeed. the readership to know yes. that Jack Forrester is wearing a leather man bracelet. I mean, look, right as uh, a midlife crises go, <laughs> it is much cheaper than a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> okay. But, you know, it's uh, and, and for me, that works. Um, I, it doesn't work. I know it doesn't work for everybody, and, uh, you know, I've been doing it probably for two years now, uh, more often than not. Uh, and it still feels a little strange to yeah. me sometimes. But 
um, with the notification technology, health technology. You know, again, it's like there's. I like closing those three rings every day. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but you know, you can look down and have a graphic representation of whether or not your general lifestyle choices are consistent with a better level of health. Yeah, and I, I think a perfect analog to this for you, Stephen. And is then like, you said you said uh, uh, you have to commit to it. You have to. You have to. I mean, I so I'm, I've got the the series four on my wrist now, and I haven't set it up yet, really, as a series four. So it's got all the functionality of the series three, and this thing's dinging, and I. You know, in, in the middle of this podcast, I don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. It's complicated, but <laughs> right. uh, it's not that hard. I Setting a new Apple Watch mm-hmm. up does. It's, it, it kind of stinks. It's, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, inc- it's incredibly powerful, as Johnny and many others have said. It's the most personal device. You can make this thing yeah. however you want yeah. with a thousand different straps, et cetera. But it takes time. And, like, I'm a busy guy, and I just don't I don't take yeah. the time to, to do that because I know I'm not going to wear it that much. But what, totally. I, what I was going to say to you, Stephen, as a Leica shooter. Yeah. Right? So you, totally. you, you love shooting your Leica. 100%. But how many, sh- how many photos, what percentage of the photos you take are on your Leica versus your iPhone? Oh, a much smaller percentage. Right. Much exactly. smaller. Yeah. And that's this. You yeah. know, you shoot your Leica for, for fun and you want to you know, go out and, and that's your activity for the day and you get some sort of emotional satisfaction from it that you don't get from shooting on an iPhone. Yeah, I always think it's, it's interesting to think about where watches as mechanical watches as a mainstream object go. I mean, I think most people are not going to actually wear something on each wrist. So do, do yeah, you yeah. do well, you Well, I think, think that's because most people are not both mechanical watch enthusiasts and uh you know f- interested in the to- technology offering that uh you know totally. Apple in particular, you know, is presenting. M- most but, people aren't either. What's that? Most people are not either of those. But not either of those. Yeah, things. that's yeah. that's true. I mean, but do you think, you know, it's it's different when we talk Fair about point. real watch enthusiasts? What do you think about the guy who, you know, gets his first nice bonus and casually buys a Rolex or an Omega or something like is that still going to be behavior that people learn and they buy those things? And again, it's like buying a vintage car and you, you know, only take it out on the weekends or you only wear it when you get dressed up. Like, you know, you own a really nice pair of shoes or a really nice suit or, or is that kind of like casual watch association going to fall away and it's going to so become a much more concentrated. You no, know, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you know, a lot of us, we, we, uh, we buy either a vintage watch or a mechanical watch, but we buy it intending to wear it. We don't buy it intending it to be a special occasion piece, you know? So if I'm somebody who is, uh, you know, looking at, uh, the currently unobtainable many, um, you know, current Rolex sports models, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at a Milgauss or I'm, if I'm looking at a, you know, GMT master or a, um, you know, an, an OP 36, you know, that's a watch that I'm planning on wearing every day. I'm not interested in having it uh, be displaced. And if I'm a, a hardcore watch enthusiast, I'm certainly not uh, thinking about it, uh, the potential of it being displaced by a certain piece of technology. So you buy into being part of that world. You buy into being an enthusiast in that world. And along with that, often as a form, as a kind of self-definition, comes a, a rejection of a wrist born, you know, uh, um, technology, you know, the Apple watch, the Apple watch just starts, starts to look like the bad guy, regardless of how beautifully it's designed. And it is beautifully designed. And regardless of how well the user interface is uh, implemented, and it's extremely well implemented at this point, uh, you reject it, not because it's bad in and of itself, you reject it because it's part of the identity of being a watch guy. And those people are always are, are, you know, uh, somebody for whom the rejection of, uh, you know, anything after you know 1969, when Seiko introduced the first quartz commercially available quartz wrist, wristwatch, somebody for whom their identity, in a certain sense, is wedded to the rejection of that kind of technology and the embracing of analog technology, they're going to be a very hard person to convince. Um, you know, people who uh, enjoy wearing a mechanical watch on a daily basis for what it represents symbolically and for a sense of the sense of intimacy that you get with a mechanism that you can't get with an electronic object. 
they're not going to start wearing. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to start wearing an Apple Watch to the exclusion of a mechanical watch. So, but wearing the uh, wearing the Apple Watch as a fitness tracker, as a health aid. I mean, especially as you get older, and I'm not getting any younger. Uh, that becomes more and more compelling. Yeah, I think there's there's kind of two things I, I want to pick up on here. One is this idea that it's not going to displace your watch, and the watch becomes a special occasion thing. I wonder more. Does it just become another watch in your rotation? And, you know, I occasionally, you know, I rotate an Apple Watch in. I know quite a few people who yeah, do. Yeah. Is that a behavior that you think actually still gets you most of the benefits wanna, of the Apple Watch? I, I want to kick that question over to Ben, actually, because he he was the one who said, uh, you know, fairly early on, you have to commit to this thing in order for it to make sense. You, you do. And I, I think to answer your, your question, Stephen, I think that that can happen. And, you know, I used I've used all my Apple Watches for a period of maybe six months when I go to the gym or when I'm out on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, I said in my Apple Watch review series three that, you know, when I would go out driving in, in an old car to not have to bring my phone was really wonderful. And so I could I could phone home. I could, you know, get the important messages to me. Um, when I needed, and I had GPS, which which is great, uh, without having to bring the phone. So I think it will become, for me, part of a collection, you know. And there will be, you know, today I was wearing a Daytona earlier today. Now I'm wearing the Apple Watch. This I'll probably wear this for the next four or five days, you know, through the weekend. And then next week uh, I fly to to Paris on Monday for a fancy event, and I'll be back in a paddock or a Vacheron or a Longa or something. Fancy, very fancy, uh, really, really fancy. Um, so yeah, I think it'll just become part of a collection. You know, it's like sometimes you want to wear a perpetual calendar, sometimes you want a time only or a chronograph. It's just we, it's a different set of complications. So Ben, can we talk? We've talked a lot about the functionality and uh, how the functionality of the Apple Watch doesn't necessarily displace the functionality of the mechanical watch. They provide different kinds of experiences, and, and we want both. Um, but we have what we have. One of the things we haven't talked about is uh, how how we respond to it aesthetically as a design object. And I'm, I'm really, really curious to know what your thoughts are on that yeah. uh, and, and what your thoughts are in terms of the evolution of the Apple Watch as a design object. Yeah, I, I think it has gotten progressively better looking, for sure. Uh, you know, I think if any other company came out with this product, I, I would be duly impressed, you know, with, with the fit and finish and the overall aesthetic of it. Uh, you know, this is not as good looking as a Daytona. It's just not. Uh, it is not as attractive as any Patek Philippe or many Patek Philippe's. You know, aesthetically speaking, it doesn't speak to me the same way that, that, that traditional watches do. But there's a reason for that, is that yeah. this has a life cycle of one year. Right. And these Patek, you know, the Patek I was wearing the other week uh, was from 1967 and still looks yeah. great, you know. Yeah. And I think you have to consider that, that this is a $300 object versus a, whatever, $30,000 object. Um, and it's designed for that. And I think for, for what it is, I think it's wonderful. I mean, relative to the other smartwatches in the market, it blows them away. And I don't think anybody would disagree there. Uh, what's amazing to me, to sidebar a little bit, is that there's nobody really competing with Apple at this level in the smartwatch game. You know, that, like that we have in terms of the whole package. In, ter- in terms of the whole package, yeah. like you know, with, with the phone aesthetics, UI functionality. Yeah. I mean, there there are some other really high end phones that 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 can hold the candle to the iPhone for sure. Some might even say better in yeah. some way. Certainly mm-hmm. in laptops and other yeah. peripherals, uh, but w- with smartwatches, there's nobody. So in terms of uh, the Apple Watch being a nice uh, object, I think someone who's written really interesting about interestingly about this is uh, John Gruber on Daring Fireball. Yeah, who uh, we're going to have on the show in just a couple minutes. Yeah, but, and uh, uh, and has, has a lot to say. On uh, There's a wonderful uh, quote from his uh, story. Apple doesn't uh, just want to win the race. They want to win it in the nicest looking car. Yeah, I mean, I actually... Which I thought was a wonderful It's funny you <laughs> say that. I have that paragraph flagged right here on my laptop in yeah. front of me, uh, waiting to, to pull that out. Um, yeah, before we have John on the show, I think we, we should talk a little bit about his review. And his review of the Apple Watch Series 4 um, is less a, a specs rundown, less a like rigorous road test, and more kind of a, a thought experiment about what 
this watch is trying to do and then how well it achieves that. Uh, and then he goes over some of the nitty gritty things that, that you kind of have to I, I, include. But Yeah, I thought his story was fascinating because uh, I thought uh, from a technology perspective, uh, Stephen, for instance, your your uh, review of the Series 4 yeah. was really, really fantastic in terms of breaking down. You know, So if you're a tech person, you're a watch guy, but your coverage of this uh, product was fantastic from a technical standpoint. And I found it kind of fascinating that Gruber, who's a quote-unquote tech blogger, uh, his, uh, that's some of the most interesting coverage I've seen of the Apple Watch from a watch guy standpoint. I completely agree, yeah. So his, his basic argument is that you know, every product Apple makes is the nicest, you know, that word in italics, the nicest product in that category, whether right. it's the yeah. iPhone or the iPad or, or whatever, um, and that the Apple Watch is the first product that isn't. And the reason it isn't is not because it's not the nicest smartwatch, but because it's not the nicest watch overall, and that that's really what Apple's competing with. And that for various technical reasons, um, they just can't fit the technology they need into a case that could you know match up against something like a Rolex. The form factor sort of necessarily has to be different, and how that must drive Apple crazy. Like, they really you know, know what they're doing. We know there are multiple watch guys at the very senior level of Apple. Uh, right at the top. Right and, the top. you know, John John Gruber mentions both Phil Schiller and, and Johnny Ive. Yeah. Um, and how it must drive them absolutely nuts that they, they know what they want this thing to be and they're getting as close as they possibly can. But it's just like still just a little bit out of reach. Yeah, you know, I think the Apple, uh, the Apple Watch, smartwatches in general, I think... Um, Gosh, I think they have to be comfortable being their own thing. I mean, can you imagine how bizarre it would look? I mean, we know Apple could do this technically. The uh, Hermes collaboration they did, I mean, it's uh, it's smaller than any of the other Series 4 watches. It's super nice looking. Uh, they've done some really, really amazing stuff in terms of matching colors on the dial with matching colors on the straps. Very, very tough to do in the color space that's available for, you know, for these displays. Um, and it's a beautiful object in its own right. But to, you, you put that. You think about putting something like that in a gorgeous mid-century, you know, uh, case from Paddock or Vacheron with you know like really cool lugs and a wonderful step bezel and a little bit of asymmetry to it. It would. It just wouldn't look right. Correct. There's no doubt that I'm sure it's frustrating to Johnny and Tim and the the whole gang that over there that like this is not the pinnacle of of horological design or horological elegance. Like the phone certainly is, and the laptops certainly are. Um, but I think Jack nailed it. I mean, it's like you can only do so much, and it just wouldn't make sense to have something with functionality like this, like in a Corn de Vache uh, yeah, case, yeah. for example, from yeah. Vacheron. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it is frustrating, but also at the same time, like I, I think they understand their own limitations. I, I think so, too, and I think they've gotten kind of as far as they probably could with, with what they have. Um, and I, I think there's something funny about the little horological kind of nods in Watch OS 5 and in, you know, in the interface from the very beginning. Uh, the use of the term complications. The use of the term complications, you know. but then we go on to like, you know, the, sh- the basic shape of the hands on most of yeah. the watch dials yeah. kind of refers to to the Nautilus or the Royal Oak. Um, you know, we got in that original uh, version of watchOS, we got the, the micro timer uh, face that kind of played off the original Tag Heuer pocket watch micro timers. There's, there's all these little winks and nods and they kind of remind me of the old, like the original iOS design like they're really yeah, skeuomorphic yeah. with like your notepad looked like a yellow paper that was torn at the they're top really what now what's that fancy word skeuomorphic define uh as something something virtual that looks that looks physical. like something real yeah it's the yeah. attempt to replicate the idea of like a physical thing like how the, right. the game center looked like a green felt top table yeah 
there's something sort of like cute about it uh, that seems to have like a knowingness uh, that I find sort of charming since it's, it's, you know, it's implemented in a very elegant way. Yeah, that was a pretty wonderful window into what working at Houdinki is like right there. You yeah. know, Stephen throwing out a term, Jack saying define it, you know? Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> um, um, apropos absolutely nothing at all, talking about the first, um, first uh, iPhone made me remember. Am I the only one who remembers the beer pouring app? Beer pouring app? Yeah, there was a beer pouring app. I do remember that. First, yeah, yeah okay, I remember good. that. Yeah, good. It's also funny to think about Apple pre-iPhone because like, we have this vision of them as the most valuable company in the world, which they currently are. Yeah. But pre-iPhone, they were not. You Dude, know? Like, th- I, remember, long I remember you had to go to uh, CompUSA. There were no Apple stores. You went to a CompUSA and there was a corner that mm-hmm. was all the Apple products. And this never- was when <laughs> there was like, you know, there would be a hu- this is when you bought software off of walls, which yeah. is bananas. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, the whole store would be PC software. Yeah. And yeah. you'd go to this little corner and there'd be like five things. Yeah, you it's could fucking buy. Carmen San Diego every Dude, time. It was day. only Carmen San Diego. All yeah. day. <clears throat> yeah. Where yeah. in the world is Carmen San Diego? Uh, he- here? She. She's here. She's, she's, she's here. here. Uh, Joining us now, Miss <laughs> Carmen San Diego, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. The iPhone completely changed what Apple is. Yeah, but I think like, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a, f- a fan of Apple. I had an uncle that worked at Apple in the 80s and it's been... It's, you did? I did. I uh, and it's been a part I of... I did of not our, know that. Yeah, it's been a part of the family for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but it's amazing that like they've been able to create a, a company that is enormous, in fact, the largest, uh, that like people like me and I think the other folks in this room really feel like a personal connection to, which is something that yeah. I think about all the time with Odinky. Like, how do you get people to want you to succeed in a way that that you're happy, but also they still like you. All right, so before we get too far away from this, uh, we're going to cut to my interview with John Gruber. We're going to talk about his story, his perspectives, try to get a little bit more uh, about his his thoughts on the new Apple Watch and kind of what it says about Apple today. So we'll cut to that, and then uh, we're going to come back at the end with some final thoughts from uh, Ben and Jack before we leave you. And now we'll look at this week's sponsor. Since 2001, Hook and Albert has been making bags and accessories for the modern traveler. Their products are designed to make hopping on that next transatlantic flight just a little bit easier. And as someone who's traveling constantly, I really know the difference between just traveling and traveling well. There's nothing worse than getting a beautiful new bag and realizing it doesn't work for what you need. And at the same time, though, I'm not walking around the airport with something that doesn't look and feel good. When Hook and Albert approached us about sponsoring Hodinkee Radio, we thought it would be fun to bring in a bunch of their latest products so that we could just put them to the test ourselves. Over the next few weeks, you'll hear our impressions about how they fit into our lives and how we think they might fit into yours, too. Stay tuned, and for now, you can check out their brand new website at hookandalbert.com. All right, let's get back to the show and my conversation with John Gruber. Thanks so much for joining us, John. It's good to have you here. Ah, it's good to be here, Stephen. Do you want to uh, tell our audience, just in case there are some people who aren't familiar with you, who you are and and what Daring Fireball is? (laughs) It's hard to explain. Uh, (laughs) uh, Daring Fireball is my website. I'm the only person who writes there. I've been doing it since 2002. Uh, I largely write about Apple. Uh, I don't really think of it as an Apple site. I just think of it as like the place where I write about uh, things I'm interested in relating to technology and design in particular. Um, But in large part over the last 16 years, uh, much of what I've been interested in is Apple stuff. So I'm like, I, I, 
You could think of me as an Apple columnist. Okay. How did, how did you first get drawn to writing about Apple? Well, I've always loved Apple stuff. I've always loved computers. I've loved computers ever since the first time I've seen one, uh, you know, and in particular, Apple's computers have always, I've always been drawn to all the way back to the Apple II era, just because they spoke to me. You know, I think that uh, people who, you know, people who listen to this and, and read Hodinkee know, you know, did, you know, which watches do you like the most? You, you can't explain it, you know, and that's how I've always felt about Apple computers. Like there are things I can't explain about it, but at a, at a broader level, fundamentally, it, they just speak to me. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. I think you're spot on. I think our readers will and, and listeners will totally understand that sentiment. Um, is there, you know, kind of jumping right into it then, is is there something about the Apple Watch that speaks to you as well? Or do you think of it as, as kind of embodying something different? Well, I, I've, all, I've worn a watch since, I, I don't know what grade, but somewhere around 7th or 8th grade, I started wearing a watch every day. And in, in, in that era, in high school, um, you know, and this was for me, this was the 80s. Um, at first I wore like, uh, I had a couple or at least one, I forget how many, but, uh, like a Casio digital watch. Um, and, but it was also the era of swatches and swatches became, you know, it, it super, super popular. And I had at least one swatch. It's funny that I don't remember cause I, re- I remember every computer I've ever owned, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on my early watches. Um, but I've always loved watches, uh, and I liked digital watches back then. But then when I really, really started getting into uh, – I, I I prefer like a traditional mechanical watch over the Apple Watch, just as a watch. Um, but that said, uh, you know, to me, Apple Watch is the, the neatest, coolest, nicest digital watch ever made. And that's that's really how I think about it. So it's one of the watches I wear, and that is sort of a, a weird thing because I feel like Apple Watch wants you to wear it all the time for the fitness tracking, and I don't. Yeah, totally. So, so do you? How do you rotate it in? Like, what other watches are you rotating it in with, and and how how does it kind of balance out with your other watches? It it varies. I I do. I, I guess if I'm quote unquote working, I tend to wear my Apple Watch because I really really like the feature that macOS has now, where you can unlock your Mac with while you're wearing the watch. You just wake it up, and it just wakes up automatically. So like, it, it once you get used to that, like if I'm wearing one of my other watches and and then I have to type my password in, it feels like uh, you know like I'm a caveman. So like when I'm working, I wear my Apple Watch. So like weekdays, a lot of times I'll just wear Apple Watch, and then weekend I'll wear uh, something else. Okay. What what other watches are you into? Out of curiosity. Uh, so I have three right now. Uh, okay. My very favorite, my baby, is a uh, 2006 Rolex uh, Submariner. Uh, no date. Uh, which I painstakingly, I bought, I think in 2013, and I painstakingly wanted, what I wanted very specifically, I knew exactly what I wanted, is I wanted the, the previous generation Submariner, the, because it's smaller. I don't like the new thicker lugs on the, the latest one. Um, but I wanted the most recent one with the old case, with the smaller lugs, and the most recent possible movement and and the thing I love about the regular Submariner as opposed to the date one is that it only has two lines of text. Like the 
don't even get me started. That superlative chronometer, officially certified superlative chronometer, drives me crazy. Because what what does that mean? Officially certified uh, superlative chronometer. Those are four big words. And what does it really mean? It means it keeps good time. Right. And what does the Rolex brand stand for? It stands for this is a great watch. It keeps good time. Like you don't need that. I, those, those extra lines of text drive me crazy. So I, I don't disagree with you at all. So that's my baby. Um, and I, I absolutely love it. And then my other two are it's crazy. It's I've got two of them um, from I, I, I actually don't know how to pronounce the brand name. Hal, Hal, Halios. Helios? Oh yeah, yeah, Helios for sure. James, James on our team loves Helios. He has a couple of them, and, and you know he's had them in for review, and you know they're they're really great quality, and they're super cool. Yeah, it's it, and it's funny because uh, I was going to get the C fourth, and it was this is the first generation C fourth, and uh, he he came out with the other one first, and I couldn't wait, so I bought it, and I actually like it better than the C fourth. Oh, cool. It's nice when that happens when it's not the opposite way, which is what usually happens. I absolutely love it. And it's crazy because the Laguna is sort of a big, chunky... Uh, it, it It's way bigger than any watch I ever thought I'd like. And so I bought it because I got I, I just couldn't wait for the Seaforth anymore. I thought, you know what? I'll buy this. I'm probably not going to like it, and I'll sell it or something. And I it it's now my second favorite watch. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? We'll, you know now get a, li- a little bit into your review of the the Apple Watch Series 4. And I think this is kind of a perfect, perfect segue is that like, you're really a watch guy, which I think some people may not know, but your your story kicks off coming from the perspective of somebody who who really understands kind of traditional, I would say, like luxury and in scare quotes, watches. Your your take, if I can summarize it quickly, is is sort of that one of the challenges with the Apple Watch is that Apple is really good at making things that are are nice. And you use the word nice very specifically. And that the Apple Watch, if it has a, a you know, kind of place where it falls short is is in niceness. That it can't quite get to the level of niceness as as something like your Submariner can. Um, how how did you start thinking about it that way and kind of come to this this way of thinking about the Apple Watch? You know, it's funny because I, 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 the racket that I'm in is I, I've reviewed every version of Apple Watch, you know, and it's like when new Apple products come out, part of my job is, you know, I review them. And it's a privilege, and I'm, I'm in this position where I get review units in advance of the public from Apple, and I, I get private off-the-record briefings to talk about this stuff with, with Apple, you know, product marketing uh, folk. I have never quite felt like I ever got Apple Watch before this one, the Series 4. And, and if if there's ever been like a swing and a miss in my review history, I really feel like my first Apple Watch review from the original was totally a miss. I, I didn't, I, I was a, it was not a good review. And in fact, I, I think I re-reviewed it like six weeks later, which I've never done before. And I did that because I, I just was so dissatisfied with what I had written. And it doesn't even matter why. I just didn't get it. And, you know, in a year since, I, I, I've, I've focused mostly on how is this new one better than the previous one, and, and, which isn't really a review. You know, it's just sort of like, here, here's analysis of what, is, what Apple's done to make this better. And they have. Like, when they came out with the Series 2, it was definitely better. 
than the original. And the Series 3 was definitely better than the Series 2. I mean, it added the LTE support and a couple of other things. But that's really all I focused on. But this one, when I wrote about the Series 4, it was the first time it really clicked in my head. I was like, I get it. I see where this, I see what this product is and where it fits in the market. And, and it's all about the ways that the Series 4 is clearly, I, I think, un, indisputably a nicer watch than, than the old ones. And, and you can lump all the old ones together because their differences were really technical, whereas what it looked like and what it felt like on the wrist you know, was the same between all models. And if anything, the Series 3 was kind of worse in that regard because the, the sensor array on the bottom, the thing that reads your, your heartbeat and everything else, was actually like uh, some... De- number of tenths of a millimeter thicker than the older ones and so it really didn't even sit on your wrist as well it actually you know popped off your wrist a little bit more than the previous ones what is it about this version that you think makes it nicer in in terms of hardware software the the kind of whole experience well it's it, to me it is it is by being it, it's seven tenths of a millimeter the case is seven tenths of a millimeter thinner which does you know people listening to this know that's pretty significant for a watch and I tried to explain in my review to people that you know who read my site who aren't watch people that I know that sounds like a little but it really is a lot and it's just I I honestly feel like they've done other things too like I real I can't prove it and they you know there's Apple doesn't like to explain it but I feel like they've subtly changed the angle of the the little slot where the the strap goes through you know like it just sits better oh interesting And, and There's just and it doesn't matter. Maybe I'm even wrong that they changed the angle of the strap thing. It doesn't matter because the the, all that matters is does it sit on your wrist better? And it does. And Apple talking to them privately even says yes. This we we this watch is designed to sit better on the wrist. And anybody who's listening to this knows what that means. And it, it does. It and that to me fundamentally is nicer. And then the second thing that is nicer is just that the fact that the display goes corner to corner. You know, it's. That's clearly what this watch was meant to, the Apple Watch design was meant for from the get-go. And they just couldn't do it technically until now. But it just looks nicer. Yeah, I mean, one of the, one of the things, you know, I wrote about a little bit in, in my review, and I think a lot of other people wrote about, is this is the first Apple Watch that really feels, for, for me and apparently for others, that is kind of cohesive and feels like it has like a direction it's kind of gesturing in and it's it it really feels like a complete kind of 360 product in that way do you do you feel the same way yeah i do and i i compared it to the iphone as a product you know and and generations and i really think it's i maybe it's a coincidence and maybe this is just the way apple rolls maybe it's not a coincidence but the the this is the fourth generation apple watch and to me it it compares really interesting to the iPhone uh, 4. So the iPhone generations, there was the original, and then next year they came out with the iPhone 3G, which addressed a couple of specific things, mainly 3G networking. You know, the other, the original only had Edge, which was incredibly slow, and it added GPS. I mean, can you believe that? The original iPhone didn't even have the, GPS. The dark, the dark ages of Edge, Edge networks. Right. Then the 3GS came out the third year, which was faster. It was because the 3G didn't even have a faster processor. They actually just kept the same processor from the original. But the 3GS came out with a faster processor and it, it the camera shot video. Can I mean, two years, the first two years of the iPhone didn't even shoot video. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. crazy. Wild. So, but so basically what you had was the original, which came out and, and really shook things up and was like, you know, uh, this product that totally changed the definition of an industry. And then two years of updates that just addressed 
the problems with that original one. And then a fourth generation, which was all new. You know, the iPhone 4 came out. It had the glass back. It had the steel frame. It had a retina display. I mean, the retina display is really, that's all you need to even say. I mean, it's, it's, it was just like night and day. Um, and I feel like that's what the Series 4 Apple Watch is. And I feel like that's what Apple Watch's history has been like, where there's the original, and it was tremendously flawed and just too slow in certain ways, just way too slow. And then they had two years of addressing problems with that original one, mostly making it faster, but you know, adding some features here and there, but fundamentally not really changing it. And then the fourth generation one is when all of a sudden like, oh, this is what they've been getting at. This is beautiful. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and I, I think, you know, it's interesting to think about where this continues to evolve, thinking about how the iPhone has evolved. I mean, one of one of the the things you talk about in, in your review is this idea of becoming the nicest watch in the world. And and I wonder, like, what do you think the Apple Watch needs to do and what can it do to to compete on that level to maybe become eventually the nicest watch in the world? I don't know if they'll ever get there. I think it's sort of like a North Star because I, I, I feel like a or it. And again, I, I tried to emphasize in my article that, you know, obviously, quote unquote, nice is utterly subjective right you can't put like you can't say like this is an 89 out of 100 on the nice scale and for me i i realize great if you could though right but i realized that as a fan of of traditional mechanical watches like it's probably never going to to me be the nicest watch in the world but um but i think sitting you know being thinner sitting on the wrist better um the big thing to me that's missing is an always on display and i i you know, and I get it that, you know, it's a battery life thing and with the OLED, you know, and I, I can't help but feel, though, that at some point, is it 10 years out? You know, is it five years out? At some point, there's going to be something that would enable this to have an always on display, you know, it, and that's that is it, it's just every time like I always say, like, sometimes I'll go out and I'll get coffee for me and my wife. And instead of taking the carrier so I can hold it in one hand, I'll just you know, hold one in one hand and one in the other. It's only a couple of blocks to my house. But when I have a coffee in both hands, I can't check the time with Apple Watch it, because the raised, you know, it, it, I can't raise my wrist without dumping without, a coffee all over. Yourself. Right. And whereas if I'm wearing a regular watch, I can just put it in an, uh, an angle and I can check the time like that's not nice. So there's little things like that. I don't know. But, there, you know, and there's other things that I don't know are ever going to change. You know what I mean? Like when when everyone's you know if, if anybody ever has a problem with their apple watch it's like you know like you bang it or something it's like the screen technically is glued to the back of the case you know like when you buy a nice watch there's no glue <laughs> it's right. like i don't yeah. blame apple hopefully. for this hopefully there's no right glue. i don't blame apple for this it is what it is you know they're making you know it, it, but that's not nice so I don't know. I I just feel like it's sort of a North Star. But I also, you know, like what I wrote about in my review and really was an eye opener. I, I know that people at Apple, there are plenty of people at Apple who are into traditional watches, including Johnny Ive, you know, who, who you know, Ben Ben Clymer wrote a terrific profile of for uh, Hodinkee magazine. And, you know, he admitted it and he talked about his love for traditional watches. So they know what they're up against in that regard. And I think it's kind of interesting. So so what I tried to get at in my review is that I think it's kind of interesting because in phones, in my opinion, Apple is makes so far the nicest phones in the world. And, you know, like the there's you know, like ThinkPads are nice and stuff like that. But I think Apple knows that the MacBooks are 
very, you know, inarguably among the nicest laptops in the world and probably the nicest. I think it's interesting that Apple knows that the Apple Watch is up against these great watches when it comes to it. And so they're sort of hungry to sort of prove themselves, you know? Do you think that's ultimately an advantage or do you think it's it's like in some ways kind of like something like dark whispering in their ear kind of maybe taking them on a different path? I think it's certainly an advantage compared to other quote unquote smartwatches. And I kind of hate I kind of hate smartwatches as a category. I think it's better to just think of them as digital watches, right? Like, you know, the smart aspect of it is just where, you know, digital watches have always had features, you know, like weird things that that a mechanical watch can never have. I mean, like like a, a perfect example, calculator watches, right? Like that was a really cool thing in the 80s. It was kind of amazing that you could have a calculator on your wrist. It was because it wasn't that long. It was only like 15 years before calculators were even a consumer electronic item. And they were big and they were on your desk and they took big batteries. And now all of a sudden you could put one on your wrist. But among digital watches, I think it's an advantage for Apple because I feel like other companies, their eye is only on other smartwatches. And whereas Apple has this, like the bar is so much, their their bar for what they're trying to do is so much higher. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really interesting. I mean, so so the last the last question I want to ask you and then I'll let you go is, what would it take for the Apple Watch to become something you would wear every day? Like what would Apple have to do to make this something that you would, you know, maybe you still put your Rolex on for special occasions, going out to a nice dinner, hanging out with friends on the weekend, but like really your your daily wear full time becomes the Apple Watch. I don't know. Uh, it that's a really good question, and, and it's like I feel like if I was if I was better at answering that, I I'd be working at Apple rather than writing <laughs> about them, right? Like I I'm not yeah, so, I, yeah I sure. don't think I'm so good at coming up with answers like that. I'm better at seeing what what's shipping and talking about it you know i i i can't think of anything to me there might be something right like that's the that's why i'm hedging on this answer is you know five years from now the apple watch might be in a place where i really don't put uh, my rolex on other than you know like to to really dress up and go out to dinner or something like that um and i don't know what it is between here and there that it would be i do like it i like it as a product a lot you know, and, and it's a lot of ways I really do see it as like a traditional tool watch. Like I said, like I, I really love wearing it while I'm working so that I can, you know, move between my MacBook and my iMac and just have it wake up and not have to type the password in. And I love getting during the day, right? Like when I'm working and I really want to be responsive, I love getting alerts and my notifications right on my wrist and I don't have to take my phone out of the pocket, you know, but I, the thing of, you know, dealing with technology all day, like it's so, it's just so weird that Apple has gotten into watches because one of the things that I really like and, and about mechanical watches is that they're not electronic. Like I love getting away from something that, that takes a battery or has to be plugged in and appreciating something that isn't like that, you know, at all. And is, and the other thing I love about them, and you know, this is everybody who's listening to this knows this, but that they're timeless, you know, that, that what makes what makes my Rolex Submariner interesting and nice was true 20 years ago, and it'll be true just as true 20 years from now. Whereas this Apple Watch Series 4 on my wrist right now, which is brand new, and I just wrote thousands of words about, 20 years from now, it's it's a piece of junk, 
It's, I mean, it might have some, you know, you might think like, oh yeah, I remember that, but you're not going to wear it. You know, nobody's going to wear a, a 2018 Apple watch 20 years from now. There, there won't be a vintage Apple watch market right. in the same right. way. It won't yeah. even work really. I mean, let's face it 20 years from now, the Apple watch won't even work. It's not, you know, the, the cell networks will be different. It's not going to connect. I mean, if we're still carrying iPhones at the time, it's not going to, the 20 year old iPhone watch isn't going to connect. It won't even work. I mean, you could turn it on, but it won't, it won't even work properly. Whereas, you know, a properly cared for watch, you know, 50, 60, 70 years from now will still be working properly. And, and it, that's fascinating to me where what I write about on a day-to-day basis is this stuff that's really only relevant for the next year or two, and then it's going to be superseded. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's nice to have something with no, no screen, no batteries that, you know, it's just you and you and the watch. Right. Absolutely. Cool. Well... I really appreciate you jumping on the phone and doing this with us. And uh, we're, we're going to have to have you back on for a full episode sometime oh. soon. I think I feel like we could we could talk forever about this stuff. I would love that. And I, I, awesome. I'm a big fan of Hodinkee. It's one of my daily reads. Oh. So thank you very much, John. All right, cool. So we are back now to close out the episode with a couple more thoughts from Ben and Jack, and I'll probably throw a few opinions in there for good measure. But um, it could let's, happen. It, it's, it's been known to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It for sure uh, will happen. Let's talk a little bit about what this means outside of Apple. What does it mean? You know, people ask why we're covering this, all of that. Let's talk about what this means for the watch industry, not watch consumers. You mean what do they think or what does it mean commercially or a little bit of both? I would say both. Like what what do people think? I mean, Jack, I, I know you one year famous famously or infamously wore the Apple Watch to SIHH. Yes. Oh, that was such a boss move. It was so yeah. awesome. I'm so yeah. proud of you for yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, Jack walking into meetings with Vacheron Constantin sitting down and just like putting his hand up on the table with an Apple Watch. <laughs> well, because you know, the re- what is that? There were there were two reasons that I did that. Uh, first of all, that particular iteration of the Apple Watch I found incredibly useful. Uh, I'm actually really, really, really bad with calendar stuff, with dates and times. Uh, I remember, I, I mean, the, the worst example is that I showed up once for a flight a, a week uh, early. Um, to, to be clear. So somebody, I need a lot of help in that respect. <laughs> Let me just add a little color to this. So so Jack and I have worked together professionally at the same company for about three years. We were, yeah. we were you know, yeah. often together before. Jack has no idea what's going on half the time. He's the smartest guy I know, but he's clueless. You know, and, uh, and I love you, and you know that. But no, like, no, no, no. He's, he's not wrong. I mean, yeah. I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, I can't argue. The but point. only about, only about like times and places. Yeah, everything right. else yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. under control. Basically, everything, everything related to being at a certain time at a certain place is as a closed book to me. So I find, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I regard the, uh, the, 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 uh, the presence of meetings uh, in my, in my, in my daily life or scheduled phone calls as a sort of colossal. Surprise. Surprise! <laughs> uh, it's not my you know best uh, trait professionally, certainly, but you know. So I found the Apple Watch very useful. Sure. So um, and I found that iteration of the Apple Watch very useful, uh, you know, under those particular circumstances, because about fifty percent of the time that I spend at any trade show is, is spent saying, "I'm so sorry, uh, I, I didn't see this in my calendar." <laughs> Um, Turns out Jack just doesn't have a calendar. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He never yeah. saw one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, but the other the other thing is, I think it's really really important for people not to be afraid of things. And you know, like the industry, um, 
I think the industry has a very weird relationship with the notion of smartwatches in particular and Apple watches in particular. Uh, in, in you know, Apple watches in, in particular and smartwatches in general, um, it, it's it's very strange. I mean, they're 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 tools. You know, smartwatches are tools, and and in the case of Apple, because this is what Apple does, they've made a very very beautiful tool. They've made a very aesthetically compelling tool. And if we uh, are so um, ideologically opposed to the notion of the smartwatch, uh, and by us I mean you know both people in the industry and and watch enthusiasts, if we're so ideologically opposed to this thing that we never actually experience it, then we don't know what we should or should not react to on the industry side. And as enthusiasts, you know, I mean, everybody's happy to offer an opinion, but, you know, unless you've actually experienced this thing and, you know, tried to get a sense of what it's like to meet it on its own terms and make it a part of your life, I mean, look, everybody can offer an opinion, but not all opinions are necessarily valid. And an informed opinion is more valid than an uninformed opinion. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Um, and uh, it's so, so what do you think that means, though, for the industry folks? I mean, like, do you hear people you know, colleagues we work with in the watch industry, either on the U.S. side or the Swiss yeah, side, yeah. like, do you hear them talking about this thing? Like, I mean, what's, I think what are they I, saying? I think, you know, I think the brands with a sense of confidence about their, uh, about their USP, um, their unique selling point, uh, you know, brands with a sense of confidence in their own identity, um, it, the Apple Watch is not a threat to them. I mean, the Apple Watch is not a threat to Rolex. People wear Rolexes for different reasons. The guy who wears a Speedmaster because of its, uh, you know, uh, interesting technical history and connection to an unparalleled history in, uh, you know, uh, uh, He aerospace. says waving around his hand with a Speedmaster With a Speedmaster on it. It looks sweet, by the way. It does. It looks Thank really you. good. It's, I mean, everybody loves a Speedmaster. But, you know, it's like it's it's, it's a different experience. And I think the, 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 the watch brands that are secure in their own identity understand that. They don't regard the Apple Watch as a threat any more than they regard uh, the Fitbit as a threat because they serve a different function. And that is not to um, denigrate what Apple does at all. But I mean, come on, like, you know, we don't, I, I don't wear a Speedmaster on my left wrist for the same reason that I wear an Apple Watch on my right. Yeah, they I, serve I, a different purpose. I, I think you're completely right. I think you're completely right. Say that again. You're, you, sir, are completely correct <laughs> in everything you've ever said. Jack's been waiting uh, for that all day, man. No, I, I think ultimately he, Jack is completely right. You know, I, I really enjoy the interactions that, that I have with, with folks in the industry in regards to the Apple Watch because it is the one time where they're humble in any way. And, you know, I love everybody in the watch industry, and I'm a part of it. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a, a big part of it in, in some cases. Yeah, you might be. <laughs> and uh, He's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. That's basically what I'm saying. And sometimes it's just like, oh, man, like, like these are just – people take themselves so seriously. Like, these are just watches. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. not that important. And when you're talking about Apple, who could literally write a check for basically the entire Swiss watch industry – in cash, yeah, uh, yeah. it kind of reminds you that like this just isn't that big of a deal. That like you know, Rolex, Patek, Omega—they're wonderful 100%. brands, amazing. But it's just like okay, like th- there's there's bigger fish out there, and it's nice to nice to remember that. Yeah, and we don't have to get so. He- I mean, the idea of you know uh, competing with Apple if you're a mechanical watchmaker—what an absurd concept on a certain level. You're you're not the, aside from the fact that they both sit on the wrist. You're making completely different products yeah. that appeal for completely different reasons. And uh, you know, if honestly, if I were running Rolex or Omega. Which I don't do right now. <laughs> um, Major news breaking soon. Yeah. Yeah. but you know, but you know, uh, were, were I in that position in the Swiss watch industry, I wouldn't be worrying about the Apple Watch at all because it's not—it's not an existential threat to yeah. good, honest watchmaking. It's a different thing. It's just not. Yeah, it's a different thing. It really is. And I, I think most people that that are that have been around the block once or twice or have a, a, an understanding of what what Apple is and what this this, this product is get that. You know, I think the yeah. people that 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 push back are those that, that live in fear. Yeah, you know? uh, it's like when when your dog gets old and has cataracts, he begins barking at everybody because he's just afraid of stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and I think 
that that is all the the negative reactions we've seen from from the usual suspects in the Swiss watch industry. They're just they're just afraid. But as Jack said, Rolex, Omega, these guys are going to be fine. You know, at, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, for sure. And so we we kind of started this conversation by talking about Apple having a really cohesive vision, right? And this roadmap, and that this is this is a mature Apple Watch that's setting down a particular path showing us that health and wellness and, and fitness features are, are probably the future of this device. What what do you think this device means to the kind of like broader Apple picture or the broader ecosystem? Like what, what does this tell us about those technologies and how they're going to be a part of our lives? Right now, I feel like um, the Apple, I feel like this version of the Apple Watch is disruptive in a way that uh, earlier versions were not. Um, and the thing that I feel is, possibly the most disruptive app um, moving forward. And it's something that is not yet rolled out. But, uh, you know, the fact that there is an uh, ECG application coming out for this device and that the sensors are there that let you actually look into your own body and see whether or not the electrical conduction system in your heart is functioning properly, that's mind-blowing. Uh, so that does not count as time only, right? Uh, no, <laughs> no. Steven. Bringing the watch jokes, <laughs> bringing the heat. But, you know, it's, uh, it, that, that's, that's a, a, an unbelievable new uh, aspect of this, uh, this timepiece. Um, and I, I am comfortable calling it a watch. Uh, I am comfortable of, you know, thinking of it as a, a, a watch in the sort of conventional sense of the word. Um, but the capacity of technology to look inside our bodies and connect what's going on with us internally – uh, to the outside world in a way that's benef- that's meaningfully beneficial. This is maybe um, one of the few instances I can think of where, you know, the sort of surveillance technology that uh, you know modern tech has given us uh, has a potentially you know really really significant upside. Totally, uh, Ben. What what do you think about this and how it impacts the future of Apple? I, look, I, I think you know you can you get a sense of how important the product is uh, to Apple by by how they kind of categorize things in the in their public statements, right? In, yeah. in their actual financial reportings. And currently, the Apple Watch is not broken out on its own. The iPhone right. is, uh, the the PCs are, um, the the Apple Watch is still in kind of grouped in with other peripherals, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct, Stephen. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and I, I think that 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 tells you uh, how how important the Apple Watch is to Apple at present day. Uh, I think with time, uh, it it could be something dramatically different. Uh, yeah. In the same way that, like you know, it took it took a while for for the iPhone to become the iPhone. You know, it really it took three yeah. or four generations, and we're just at the fourth generation right now. Right. Uh, and Apple did not have the resources that they that they do now back then, and they were still able to create a product that that was so far beyond anybody else, and so you know ubiquitous in daily life, or what has become ubiquitous in daily life. That I think now, with all the money and resources and talent that they have, I think it's 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 all but a sure thing that the Apple Watch will become worthy of its own, you know, kind of vertical when you're reporting yeah. financial maybe, numbers. Maybe uh, one of these days we'll get numbers. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. you know, I think it's like we we've already seen it. Like you know, they've reported that that they are the largest watchmaker in the world by sales. Right. Uh, and I think that is is really. Um, Misinterpreted, you know, and that's been confirmed by Apple that we're talking about revenue. We're not talking about units. Misinterpreted in what sense? So I, I when that came out, I remember there was a whole scuttlebutt from the Swiss watchman saying, "Oh, that must yeah. be units." It's not units. It's sale. It's revenue. 
right? That's money. Uh, and so I think when when you're a Rolex or an Omega or a Patek or a Longines, which is a billion dollar brand, shocking to most, but true, uh, you begin to think like, holy shit, like these guys are, they're really doing this. Like, of course yeah. they're gonna sell a lot because they're less expensive than a Longines or a Patek or Rolex. But like when you're talking about Apple's making more money with watches after how many years? Four years? Four years. Four years. Versus, you know, Longines or Omega or anybody else that's been doing this for 100 plus. I think that that tells you what, what could be in the next few years. And you know, the great thing about being Apple right now is they're in a position to, uh, if they want to, play a very long game. I mean, they're a publicly traded company with all of the pressures that come with that, but they're not answering to any sort of larger management structure that has, you know, other interests or agendas that are, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, antithetical to their own. Uh, they can function in a way that I think um, most of us can't even imagine. Yeah, and, and the thing is, they do have to answer to Stephen, and Stephen's reviews can be pretty tough yeah, sometimes. He's a critical dude. True. Uh, I've been known to be tough, tough of affair. 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 You know, I, I think to close things out, you know, we will talk about my review. Why not? Um, <laughs> so. I kind of Steven, finished... can you tell me about your uh, review? Yes. Did you, did you I, review the Apple Watch? I would love to speak about my review <laughs> And of I the raised Apple the subject Watch. completely. Should we talk about my review? We no, should. No. <laughs> How great would that be if you published a competing review like six hours later? Um, I raised the subject completely organically, by the way. Thank you. The subject just came up. Um, so at the end of the review, I, I kind of like where I end up with this, which happened, you know, kind of as the story was being developed. There's a way in which I think this Apple Watch makes a stronger case for giving the Apple Watch a shot. You know, there's there's still plenty of people who, for whatever reason, whether they don't think they need it, whether they're wed to their mechanical watches, whether they just don't need a watch. Um, or whether they just need uh, to know that it's time to stand up. Which is the alert that I just got on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I ended up in this spot where it's like, do you recommend this to people? Yeah. And the answer is a very bold and noble sort of, you know? I, I think there's people for whom wow. this is a must-have. Like, if you need the health features or you think they're going to benefit you, yeah, you should absolutely go buy one. If you're an existing Apple Watch user who wants a watch that's a little zippier, has a larger screen, maybe looks a little bit different, has a couple additional features, totally upgrade. You'll probably love it. You'll be very happy. Yeah, but hold, hold on, Steve. That's, that's not that's not sort of. You're identifying specific domains in which this is a great thing for some people and not for others. That, that's not that's not Completely. fence that's, or That's fair, that's, but... To That's me, accuracy. to me, I think the the most interesting group of people are the people who, for whatever reason, whether it's they don't think they're interested in smartwatches, whether it's they don't think they need a watch at all, whether they're wed to their mechanical watches, whatever it is, uh, have kind of resisted the Apple Watch temptation so far uh, four years. And those are the people who I think really should go out and give this thing a shot. I think we're at yeah. a point now where, you know, maybe two years ago, if you weren't interested and you were like, oh, I'll I'll try it, why not? You might have ended that experience disappointed for various reasons. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you did. I think now you're pretty likely, even if you're skeptical, to pick this thing up and be like, oh, shit, this is awesome. Like, I'm really going to enjoy this. And those are the people I'm most excited to see. I agree. Yeah, this I agree. The, the, the first generation, I remember sending an email to somebody at Apple who had asked my opinion on, on what it was like after a few days of using it. And just like, I remember I wanted to use it on the weekends or going to the gym. And the time it would take to sync with your phone oh was God. hours. I mean, yeah. act, like, those literal times were, were insane. 
And now it's it's to almost be, instant. To be fair, my recollection is that uh, you uh, set up the watch and it started downloading all of your messages. Yeah, because I want all my messages. Freaked out and turned it off. <laughs> I wanted all my messages. It doesn't seem that crazy. That's no. not, um, not a big request at all. It's not a crazy no. request. But yeah. I, I would concur with Stephen. Then. Like, we, we've, we've hit a point now where this, this, this product is strong. It's really strong. There's no need to make excuses anymore for, for what the, this watch is if you are Apple. Not that they ever did. But you can kind of tell they were a little sheepish about it at times. And I think now then they should be proud of it. Ben, uh, I, I, this is sort of a, a final question for me to you. It's, this is something I'm very curious about. You oh have boy. been the oh uh, boy. you've been the cheerleader yeah. for um, probably the most important uh, cheerleader on the internet for you know quite a few years now yep. for uh, what the mechanical watch represents. Yes, sir. And uh, you know analog technology, mechanical watches, um, the sense of contact. you're about to get railroaded here, <laughs> big time. No, <laughs> forging ahead with the anecdote. Uh-huh. Uh, well, the, the question, the, the the sense of connection that you have with the past from a mechanical watch is something that really can't be duplicated by a smartwatch. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of the dialogue that we have on Hodinkee with people who really want that experience, uh, is the Apple Watch too disruptive? For there to be a conversation about it on the site, no, and with our readers, it, it, it's definitely not. I mean, we made the conscious decision to cover Apple, not at length. I mean, I think you know, oftentimes people come in and attack us as if we're talking about Apple Weekly. I think we cover Apple less than ten times per year. We, we probably cover them three to four times a year. We cover the yeah. new Watch OS announcement every summer at right. WWDC. Yeah. We cover the launch in September, right. and if we're lucky, we get an embargo unit, and we cover the product. Maybe there's a strap refresh in the spring, so that's yeah. three to four stories. Yep. It's nothing exactly. in, the sca- in the larger scheme of what we do. And I think, and we publish around a thousand stories per year, if not yeah, more. And so that. I think the you know, perspective yeah. adds a lot here. And I think anybody that criticizes us for for covering the Apple Watch just doesn't get it. And it would be like Motor Trend not covering Tesla because it's an electric car, not a which, gas power. Which car. some people wish, uh, you know, which which for some people is a, a, a it's a hard stop. Those no, no those doubt. people are wrong. Right. To be, to be clear, <laughs> yeah. those people are very Steven wrong. Steven says they're wrong. Yeah. I'm I mean, it's, it's our job also yeah. to some extent to kind of make the call for what we think is is interesting and what people should know about or might be interested in knowing yeah. about. And so, like, you know, maybe you're not interested in the Apple Watch. Maybe you think it's a, you know, it's heresy for us to be covering it. That's that's fine. Like, then you don't have to read or watch it. We're Correct. not making you read or watch that's anything. Exactly. You've yeah. almost certainly shut this off by now, so we can say mean things about you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something we think can be of genuine interest to anyone, regardless yeah. of whether you're a diehard watch guy or don't care about watches at all. It's, it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's sort of meaningful Ding. socially and culturally. Yeah. Yeah, and I think ultimately, I mean, like a big, big point that that we talked about the three of us, as well as as Will and a few other folks on the edit team, is for the second volume of our print magazine, we put Johnny Ive, the the, I, the Apple Watch creator, on the cover. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was a move that that we thought long and hard about, yeah. uh, and we yeah. said, look, like this is. And it was actually a kind of tough call. Right. I mean, this is the most important watch. Period of the last ten years, yeah. no question about it. And and Johnny is the creator of it. And and we said, look, like this is this is our decision to put this out there because we believe right. it's important. And right. I think ultimately, as Stephen just alluded to, like it is our job to say, like, look, like we do know more than you. We really do. I I know a lot of people disagree, but we know more than you. And we're going to make the call to put put this out there for you. And that's it. Yeah. And for the most part, response is good. We get five negative comments, but hopefully it's interesting. Hopefully it's helpful. I mean, we we review 
far fewer products than we see every oh year. Um, because oh my God, that's we, so true. I mean, the bar, uh, Jack can, can attest to this, the bar for doing a week on the wrist with something is pretty high at this point. Like it has to be yeah. a product yeah. that we think a reasonable number of people might be getting ready to possibly spend their hard-earned money on. And I mean, like, to be honest, for me, dropping off a bottle of Vifclico by messenger is enough. But uh, yeah, Stephen, <laughs> uh, again, what you very said. true. Um, yeah, it's it's. We think this is something that like you might want to go spend your money on, and you might not. And we think it's worth having a conversation like out in open and in yeah, public, yeah. and putting our names and our opinions on the line to say that like. Hopefully you can learn something, and hopefully it can yeah. be helpful. You, you know need what, to know about it. You, yeah. you, know, you know what it. You know what it is to me, you guys. Uh, the, one of the things I always loved about Hodinkee is that, uh, uh, and this is from you know before I joined the company, um, and now that I'm with the company, uh, I can basically write about whatever I want as long as it's interesting. Right. And the Apple yeah. Watch is interesting. There are, I mean, you know, we write about, uh, you know, half a million dollar watches, but we write about them if they're interesting. We don't write about them if there's something, if, if they're just, you know, half a million bucks because of marketing or because there's a ton of stones thrown on them, unless they're nice stones, which is another story. Um, you know, and the, the setting is beautiful. But like, you know, from, from 25 bucks to, uh, you know, 25 million bucks, the, the only real criterion for Hodinkee is, is this an interesting thing to talk about? Totally. And I don't think there's any disagreement. I'm, I'm actually, I mean, I'm very proud of that. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any question. The Apple Watch is interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, and this version more interesting than any previous version. Rainbow Apple Watch. Thoughts? Whoa! I'm so in. <laughs> Jack is in. Does that look like? I don't know, man. Is it? Rain, should we mock that up? It's, I mean, full it it's full pub. It's full pub. Rolex X Apple Watch. Somewhere, Kara just sat up straight and was like, something is happening. <laughs> she she knows. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, this has been really great getting to sit down and talk about all of this. Uh, I think we've gone over some good stuff. This isn't the last of our Apple Watch Series 4 coverage. We'll have some more over the coming weeks and months as new features roll out and, and there are more updates. Um, like we said, it's something interesting and it's kind of a part of what we do. So I'm glad we could chat about it a little bit and... Uh, Thank you both for joining us. Thank you to John Gruber for calling in so we could get Thanks, John. some of his insights. Thank you, John. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you to Jack, Ben, and John for joining us. This week's episode was recorded at Mirror Tone Studios in New York City and was produced and edited by Grayson Corhonan. Please remember to subscribe and rate the show. It really does make a difference. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.